by Becker Gray. It's no secret that Aurora Lincoln Ward hates Phineas Yates, but what most people don't know is the reason. Last summer, Phineas broke Aurora's heart in the worst way, and she promised herself then and there that she would never fall prey to the center of Pembroke Prep again. But now sin is in the air, and the Hellfire Club's number one center has his sights set on her. That's Ruin Center by Becker Gray. It's live today. Go grab it, ladies. Welcome back, lady listeners. Hey, welcome, welcome. We have got Aurora Kane with us this week. Thank you for hanging out with us. I did read her author bio and her book bio and stuff last time. Her book she's got us this week is her Alien Collector. We're going to list all her new releases, the Alien and Cupcakes. The title alone makes it my favorite. We're going to list all that in the show notes, and we'll tell you more about that in just a little bit. So we're just going to talk before we play you that last installment. Um, Today on Instagram, I saw there was such a sweet person who shared Read Me Romance, and they tagged Read Me Romance and Alexa in it, and they were like, at, it was like, I don't even know the episode. It was like 135 point something, point two mm-hmm. or whatever. And they were like, this episode where Leah and Mel discussed being a mom and how difficult it is. She was like, it just was so vulnerable. It made me feel so seen. And she's like, it's exactly what I needed and what I've been struggling with. And I was just like, like, I wanted to cry reading this because it made me just... It made me so thankful that we were able to make someone else feel like you're not alone, you know? Yeah. I think a lot of people feel a lot alone when a lot of other people are going through it. Mm-hmm. And they're going through it and they're just not saying anything either. Yep. Yep. No. I mean, we, even before we started today mm-hmm. recording, I was like, I'm in a rut. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah. know what's wrong. <laughs> mm-hmm. Just laying here. Mm-hmm. You're about just to start your have- period. <laughs> you <laughs> i usually more angry <laughs> no, no but no i exactly get it and sometimes like it really just takes somebody else putting it into words to make you feel like oh god okay i'm not alone yeah. you know or somebody else talking about their kid fucking up to make you feel like thank <laughs> god it's not just me and my <laughs> you know I'm not the only one that has to have the pre-talk with their teacher at the beginning of the school year. Like, my job's going to be really difficult. <laughs> They're all going to do shit. We just have to learn to roll with it. I Even know. I got really upset the other day because I accidentally shipped a bunch of books accidentally to myself instead of Leah. And I it's got okay. really worked up for a minute. And I just had to stop and remind myself. You know, I'm like, no, okay. What's done is it's this happened. Yeah, it's, it's over. How you respond mm-hmm. now? Mm-hmm. You know what you didn't do was when I said, "Hey, let's meet halfway, and you can help me stuff these boxes." And you're like, "I'm just gonna send them to you." <laughs> I, thought, I don't even know what halfway would be, and that sounded like I was like, "Oh my god, that even sounds more like anxiety ridden." <laughs> no. But like, actually, it was kind of like cute because I started getting flustered, and Isabel and Rob were like, "Stop." let's just we're gonna fix this we're all gonna fix it right now Mm -hmm. and we did everybody sat down relabeled went Mm -hmm. to the post office with me 
Like, there was a lot of fucking boxes. <laughs> the post office guy came up with hand trucks and knocked on there. He's like, you got a few packages today, Leah. <laughs> <laughs> they know me by name. The UPS driver. <laughs> my UPS driver and my post office man both know me by my name. Yeah. Like, hey, Leah. Got some boxes for you. <laughs> like, there were again. a lot. Books are heavy boxes. Oh, my God. Not only that, but it's like all the shit that's been going into these book boxes. Book boxes. That's what we <laughs> I meant to talk about it last on Tuesday's episode. But yes, yeah, so by now you guys know we had um or had or have. Maybe they're still up for sale. I don't know. I know but, it's either um, like none are gonna sell or all gonna sell. Yeah, yeah, true. So the Read Me Romance book box, all the shit that goes into it has been at my house for months. Months well, like, like since like there. I think the the towels were here in like February or some shit. Like they and they're the boxes are gigantic and there was five of them. They've been in my guest room, like next to the bed. I moved them all out today and I was like, "What is this space?" (laughs) (laughs) And so yeah, and then like you know, fifteen boxes of books showed up today too, and I was like, "All right, let's do this." You know, but some of it's just been been here a while, but the books have taken a while to come, and like we were waiting on a couple other items in the box that took forever to come, so. It's been a long time, like, getting it to this process. It was much longer than we anticipated, you know. I think I moved a little slow, too. I think next time I'd be more, now that I've kind of done the process. Yeah. I felt like I was kind of stumbling through and Mm -hmm. pausing on decisions, but then not finally making them to, like, the next week. Yeah. I think the next time I would sit down and be like, this is it. Go. Yeah. No, I, I don't know how people do book boxes or every month or every couple. I don't know how they do it. It's so I think it would have to be like your job. Yeah, yeah. You'd have to have that one job. <laughs> like, I don't know. I mean, maybe people do it. Obviously, people probably don't know how we do a podcast and anything else. But, I mean, yeah. it's whatever you get used to. But the amount of shit that this, the space that this takes up, the boxes everywhere. Like, I couldn't do this full time. I was like, okay, so I think that that's good, though, because my anxiety for cleanliness is like, these are going to get shipped out tomorrow. <laughs> like, let's do this fucking shit. So, but no, I mean, it's it's really exciting because for years we've talked about doing a book box. We were like, mm-hmm. let's do a subscription box. Like, let's do this. Like, let's do an author book box. Like, would anybody buy? You know, it's like, who the fuck knows? So this was a really great chance to use this as promo where we were yeah. just like, you know what? Let's see if we can get the Read Me Romance name out there. Let's grow this. Let's get more authors on the podcast. Let's do this for more seasons. Let's, you know, let's make it bigger and better. So that's I'm excited what it's all about. about them. They're filled with a bunch mm-hmm. of really nice stuff. Yeah. Like Leah yeah. just said, this is more about promotion we're really mm-hmm. going to be cutting it even with these boxes yeah we were testing that. <laughs> and we wanted some better products which took mm-hmm. us a minute to get because we had yeah. to get it shipped in far away so that mm-hmm. we could get something of quality but be able to still be affordable yeah so that's why it's also taken a bit to get some of this stuff mm-hmm. so the box has got some nice shit in them the boxes themselves are beautiful too like i'm looking at them right now in my office but like the actual boxes are gorgeous. And I've taken tons of pictures, like, as I'm doing this. And, like, I even sent you that picture earlier. You're like, oh, my God, that looks so pretty. Mm-hmm. And they do. They look beautiful. Like, all lined up and, like, filled with everything. And, like, it's really, like, not to toot our own horns, but I think it's really beautiful how it's packaged and everything. Like, I'm super excited. That I'm excited about the stuff that's in it and everything else. So I remember because I always thought, well, I got a box one time from somewhere, some really nice 
Coco something. I can't remember. Olivia and something. Mm-hmm. They do these pretty boxes. And I remember when I opened it. I think I've sent you one from Valentine's before. Oh, the, the wood presentation. Yes. It's like olive like, and it's olive and something. I think that's isn't it? what yeah. women really like. It's not just about what's yeah. like what you're it's getting. A it's the whole yeah. presentation. It's like an experience. Mm-hmm. It was cookies. It was like olive and something, olive and cocoa, or was something like that. Yeah, where it was like cookies were in this beautiful wooden box where it was like. If you're looking to get a gift for somebody that's like a small gift, go to that website. Mm-hmm. And it's like a for a woman. from. Mm-hmm. But you're going to spend between $50 and $200. So maybe yeah. even Mother's Day. They have all kinds of great gifts. It's a beautiful box. But I still have the box. Expensive. And you need a good week to let mm-hmm. them know you're ordering mm-hmm. one. Yeah. But, you know, I, I've gotten subscription boxes in the past where it just felt, like, really repetitive, like, getting the same stuff over and over. And I'm like, I don't really need this. Like, I did the Harry Potter book box for, like, two or three years and I was like okay like I have a ton of t-shirts that I left from them I'm like but how many enamel pins do I need like I'm not using these you know yeah so it was like after a while it was just like okay some of this stuff is kind of repetitive so I stopped it but with this book box what I really like is like it's it's most of the items I haven't seen before like people getting these particular items before and also you get two books with it that you're only ever get in this box. Well, yeah. we might give some away. We ordered mm-hmm. some extra ones, but yeah. this is the only like print of them. Is yeah. Here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's no way to like purchase these books or get them anywhere. You could only get them in this book box. We haven't even given any to the authors yet. No, we haven't sent them out to them yet. If we have enough in this order, I'll I'll send them a box out. But you know, if we have enough this time, you know, yeah, the the authors. It was it was ten authors that you know we. We pulled one of all the most popular episodes. We pulled them up and we bundled them together. And it's two books. They're volume one and two. The cover is beautiful. Actually, when you put the books together side by side, it makes a heart. Like, it's really pretty. It does. And it's just, yeah, it's And so even cool. the names are standalone. But when you put the covers together, uh-huh. it'll make an even longer title yeah. for both of them together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really, really pretty how it, like, all came together. And so, yeah, I think we're just really excited for everybody to finally get it. Or if you've already gotten it, thanks. (laughs) I don't know where we'll be at at this point. Maybe we'll be begging people, like, please, God, take these boxes out of my house. (laughs) We'll just be giving them away. So I've actually got some Read Me Romance emails. I've got quite a little stack today because I went through and I pulled up, like, searched for, like, back to school stuff. Because I was like, you know, it's back to school week. Like, let's see what we got. And some of them are related and some just had the word school in it and they were really good. So I printed them out. (laughs) Okay. All right. Let's start with this. And the subject is, hey, lady podcasters. This is from October 2019. Hi, read me romance. Please don't say my name. (laughs) So this is going to be juicy. (laughs) I know. Yeah. Like right out of the gate with this one. Shit. What's her name? Sheila? No, I'm just kidding. That's not it. <laughs> I've been listening to your podcast since the beginning of the year. Thank you for filling every week with so much excitement, at least for me. It's my second time writing to you. I don't know if the first message got to you or not. It probably went to our spam with a million other emails. So send it again. Um, but anyways, I wanted to tell you about a story of my time in high school. So I was bullied during all my elementary school but never changed schools because it was a really prestigious private school. And I, we didn't know if I would be admitted to a school as good as it is. 
So when I moved to the high school section of the school, the building continued until it eventually died out and I was only moderately isolated from the rest of my classmates like in eighth or ninth grade. Anyway, fast forward to 12th year, I'm beginning to get over all that, reading in the internet, discovering myself that I am asexual, etc., and learning to love myself no matter what people say or what I am. And I discovered this guy who was really nice and handsome and a girl I sometimes like to talk to likes me. I lose my shit for a minute. Like, he's been in the same school for the same time I have been. He probably has seen all that shit happen before. But after going through that line of thought, I think, I'm cute as heck. Of course he's going to like me. Look at my ass. Chef's kiss. (laughs) (laughs) Poor bastard. I didn't like him back. And my friend liked him too. So I avoided him until graduation and deleted my Facebook. LOL. I know how you feel, girl. But I wanted to talk to you about how good it felt to know a boy liked me for the first time. I'm pretty sure in another moment of my life, I wouldn't believe it. And now, still now, six years later, with a beautiful, loving partner, I can't finish believing. I can't finish believing that there is people like me and love me. And I know nothing came out from that. But sometimes I wonder how it is. He- how he is and tell him that he has a good taste in women. Sorry if that sounded so arrogant. I just wanted to try being more positive than usual. I love your work. Please never stop. Kill yourself. I know. I thought that was really sweet. Kill yourself. I love that. Absolutely. And you know what? Sometimes it's nice to look back on those moments too and think like, you know, like, you know, you may not realize how powerful that was until looking back. Like, you know, a situation where she's getting bullied and she's in the school she doesn't, you know, she she can't really get out of. Mm-hmm. But to look back at that and be like, oh, no, like, I was beautiful. Someone loved me. Like, of course they did. I'm amazing. I love that. This one's entitled, What You Mean to Me. Hey, ladies. <laughs> it's like drawn out. I am one of your most devoted lady listeners. This is from February 2019. I see you on Instagram. Wait, sorry. I'm one of your devoted lady listeners. Well, I don't know that for sure, but I do listen to you daily on the podcast. I read you on Facebook. I see you on Instagram. I'm a lover of romance. I love reading it. I love listening to it. I've been with my significant other since 2010. We've always had a healthy sexual life. Then I got pregnant in 2015 and gave birth in November of 2015. I went on a dry spell. I was breastfeeding. I was sleep deprived and my body wasn't the same. I used to be a huge TV show fanatic, but when you breastfeed, you kind of want the volume to be down so that your little bundle of joy falls asleep so that you too can fall asleep. So I started to read through Kindle Unlimited. That changed everything for me. Now my daughter is three years old and I haven't picked up on TV shows for the past three years, but I can quote my favorite authors though. Read Me Romance is just a cherry on top of the cake. It allows me to get my fill of romance and HEA while I'm driving to school and while I'm dra- while I'm drafting. I'm studying. Oh, yeah. Draft. Drafting? I think that's right. I'm studying to be a drafter. <laughs> Decided to go back to school after my maternity leave to be a better provider for my daughter. And the way you interact with each other is bound to give me a smile every day. So for all of that, I say thank you. Marilyn. I'm French Canadian. English is not my first language. And so I'm sorry for the mistakes. There weren't any. That was actually really awesome. I love that. That was sweet. I did too. Like that it's relatable in a way that it that's totally around the time I turned to romance too. I know. I was thinking that too. It's <clears throat> yeah, yeah. It's always like this awakening moment for people when you <laughs> come is. to romance. You're like, what? My people here whole- you were? 
<laughs> Welcome. <laughs> no, that's exactly it. It felt like that too, where it's like you had to grow and adapt and change and you discover this new way of entertainment and all of a sudden it's like, oh, wow, I'm in this forever now. <laughs> you know, I didn't realize like reading a romance book would turn me into an author, but here we yeah. sit. This one's entitled Sleepover Story. I apparently at some point we asked for people's sleepover stories. Send those in again. I love sleepover stories. Read me romance at gmail.com. <clears throat> Okay, my friend had a sleepover party about 10 middle school, middle school age girls squealing and screaming and waiting for the boys to show up out the window. Oh, God. We played light as a feather, stiff as a board. It worked, at least to us. We were lifting people by fingers and all jazzed up. Then we tried a seance. Oh, my God. This is amazing. My friend had a tall doll that was almost four feet tall. She wasn't wearing any clothes, and I remember she had tight brown curls. We finally got freaked out about her eyes moving and following us around the room. So we threw her out the back porch patio. We threw her on the back porch patio. Then we spent the next few minutes staring through the glass of the doll, which I shit you not shifted. I did not get any sleep that night. That's it. That's it. The email. That is amazing. Can you imagine being 10 with all your girlfriends and like you're hyped up on sugar and adrenaline and drama? And you no, our dad, my dad used to doll. scare the crap out of us <clears throat> when we had sleepovers. Oh my God. I need Kevin to do that. He needs to step it up. I think I told you. My dad's given Chucky a swirly before. Yep. One time he did the Bloody Mary and then he started banging on the walls and we all peed ourselves. Oh, I saw that there's a movie. They're remaking Bloody Mary. Are they? Yes, and I'm really terrified. <laughs> this one's entitled Church Story, maybe. Apparently, we asked for church stories in May of 2019. Please send those in, too. <laughs> Hi, I want to start off by saying I absolutely love you guys. Just very recently got into the romance, got into romance with Helen Hart, Steel Brothers. Being my first, then most being my first, then most of her other series, and then just couldn't stop, and it's been all downhill from there. It's my secret little pleasure, and when people ask me what I'm reading, I tend to be pretty vague since I'm still a little embarrassed by it all. I still do that. <laughs> I don't know if that ever goes away. But you guys make me feel like it's totally normal and I'm not the only one. So, on to my kind of church story. So, I was 15 or 16 and in Girl Scouts. Every year we went on this religious retreat with Boy Scouts. Nothing exciting the first year, but right before the second year, I met this guy through a friend, and he was going to be there. I went to an all-girls high school, so even though I knew how to flirt my way into and around anything, the actual execution of said act had never happened. So this retreat rolls around, and he's there, so we both sneak out of our tents, and I have my first kiss and first everything, oh lord, short of losing my virginity, hell yeah, at a Girl Scout, Boy Scout, religious church retreat in the same area we have mass in the morning. <laughs> Thanks for letting me share. Love you guys. You're a loyal lady listener. <laughs> That's amazing. <clears throat> we That's had awesome. a, next to my middle school, I think that's when I had my first French kiss or whatever. Next to Ooh. it, there was a church. And outside the church, they had this like prayer building where you could walk inside of it. And it was like a V structure. And mm -hmm. people could like walk over like the three blocks and make out inside of that little church structure. Ooh, I bet a so lot of kids simple. had their first kisses and shit in there. 
That's so sinful. All right. So this email includes a photo of a church. So, okay. <laughs> so we can see where it all went down, I guess. <clears throat> Take me to church. That's the subject oh line. Oh, my God. Kaora. I don't know what that. Oh. Now I'm going to have that song in my head. I know. I love this podcast so much. I listen every weekday. Well, Tuesday and Saturday because of the time difference. You make my commute so much more bearable and I've discovered so many new authors. So thanks for enabling my one click addiction. My church story is part shame and part funny. As a teenager, my friends and I used to hit the clubs. Well, club didn't have a lot of nightlife in the town I grew up in. Our favorite club was called Snobs. Oh God, snobs. I would let you, it would let you drink underage, which is why it was popular with the high school kids. One night when I was in seventh form, our final year of high school. Oh, okay. We hit snobs for a night out and I met this really hot guy. Tall, dark, and handsome. After some heated making out on the D floor of the dance floor, so tacky, we decided to leave the club and hook up. Apparently the dark club wasn't private enough. Ha ha. We didn't get far. Snobs was about 50 meters from a church. We drunkenly stumbled into the church grounds of St. Matthew's and proceeded to fuck under a bush. Oh, my God. She's been went for it. Yes. No, this church grounds were not fenced off. We were in the open. Oh Zero privacy. I remember the sex was surprisingly good, despite getting scratched by branches and dirt in weird places. Oh he also had a big dick, and I wasn't very experienced, so I was worried it wouldn't fit. Newsflash, it did. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, post-bang, we straightened our clothes and headed back to the club, where I dragged my friends into the loose and overshared what happened, as you do. Yeah. As you overshare, as you do. <laughs> Where I also answered many questions like, why didn't we go to his car? And I didn't think it was against God. And did I think it was against God to fuck outside of church? <laughs> I never saw the guy again. And I don't remember his name. Every time me and my friends would drive by that church, my friends would yell, sinner, repent, you dirty whore. Those are the best friends right there. I'm just going to say. Oh, God. Ah, uh, good times. I'm not from a church-going family. I go to the odd wedding or funeral at this church if I'm back home. About 11 years ago, my granddad's funeral was held there. And as we walked up to the front entrance to the church, my sister hiss whispers to me, isn't that where you fucked that guy? And <laughs> pointed to a tree. I had to set her straight and point to the actual bush where it had happened. I've attached a photo of the church. Happy for you to use my name if you share my story. Just use my Facebook name, Lanny. L love listening to you, and thanks for the amazing Mahi. Uh, I guess M-A-H-I. I don't know what that means, but it's cute. You do, so we can listen to some amazing stories, Lanny Kiss. Oh, my God. That was fantastic. Oh, my God. Sinner, repent you dirty whore. Like, <laughs> look at the church. Hold on. Can you see? That's the bush where she fucked right there. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's nice. Yeah, that's some. Those are small bushes, by the way. <laughs> I love like it. I was that's the only awesome. thing that was small. Oh God! Right, newsflash. It fit. Jesus, that was great. That was my favorite. All right, so let's talk about Aurora Kane. Again, she's got her book with us, uh, the second installment of her, her Alien Collector. Go check out all of her stuff. Aliens and Cupcakes is her newest release. 
Um, she's got a ton of stuff. We're going to be sharing it all week and all that good stuff on our social media. And we'll be sure and tag her and enter this week's giveaway. I'm trying to think if I should mention anything else before we go. Right, we'll just talk after. Oh, about who we've got up next week. We'll talk about that after this episode. All right. So we'll see you guys on the other side. You may kiss the groomsmen by Samantha Chase. It seemed like a good idea at the time. When Josie Sullivan agrees to marry her friend Tyler, it's just so he'll get a promotion at work. That's what friends do, right? But what should have been a quick, quiet affair starts to look a lot like the real thing when his family shows up in the middle of the proposal. Now it's no longer a quick stop at the courthouse during a lunch break, but a full-blown wedding, and there's nothing Josie can do to stop it. There was no way he could hold his peace. Daniel Alexander hasn't been home in years. After 15 years as a Navy SEAL, he's more than ready to return to civilian life. Being away for so long, he's missed a lot of his younger brother's life, and it seems like he's back just in time to stop him from making the biggest mistake of his life. No matter how he breaks it down, something's just not adding up about this wedding, and he's determined to figure out why. And he's not just trying to stop it from happening because he's finding himself wildly attracted to the bride-to-be, or because they can't stop kissing each other. Josie has given up on finding her own happily ever after, and as her attraction to Daniel keeps growing, she's suddenly regretting her decision to help out a friend. Now she just needs to decide if she wants to kiss the groom or the groomsman. You may kiss the groomsman by Samantha Chase. This sounds so freaking adorable. It's live today, guys. Go get it. Three. I'm quiet after that. Not only do I have nothing more to say, I'm also trying to hide that I'm crying. Obviously, I'm not as discreet as I thought I was. What's with the tears? I haven't even started yet. Is that supposed to comfort me? My voice quivers and I hate it. Right now, I hate everything about my life. I hate that I'm in space. I hate that humans are basically defenseless and weak, even the men. And I hate that I don't know how to get out of this situation without ending up in an even worse one. Why are you doing this? I wipe my cheeks with the back of my hand. I thought you were my protector. He looks at me, his green eyes flashing. You think too highly of me, pretty sky. I knew I had to have you the second I saw you for the first time. I simply let everyone know that you're mine, so they wouldn't touch what belongs to me. There's a weird flutter in my belly, and I hope that it's fear and not something else, and very inappropriate. I don't belong to you. He leans in, gripping my chin with his big, lavender-colored hand. You're mine, Sky. My property. Mine to do with as I please. No. I spit the word at him and hold my breath when his eyes start gleaming even more. He enjoys taunting and tormenting me, but what did I expect from a criminal of his caliber? No, are you sure? Tell me, my feisty little human, what would have happened to you if I hadn't stepped in, if I hadn't claimed you, taken you with me? I can't help it, and another tear rolls down my cheek. Everin catches it with his thumb and looks at it before he licks the little droplet from his skin. Tears won't stop me and save you.
If anything, they excite me. Now, answer my question. I bite my lower lip and try to shake my head, but he doesn't let me. I don't know. I'm pretty sure you know. Don't make me angry by pretending you're dumb. Sooner or later, I would have ended up dead, and before that... I don't need to tell him about the short lifespan of sex slaves on this space station. That's right. I saved your life. I protected you, as you've put it yourself. Now you owe me, don't you? I guess I do. But we both know that I don't have the credits to pay off that kind of debt. Thanks. I'm already rich enough. What I want from you is exactly what I gave you. A life. My blood turns into ice water. You want to kill me? I want the exact opposite, my pretty plaything. I want a new life. An heir. There's a high-pitched ringing sound in my ears, and for a moment I can't think straight. I've always wanted a family. Back on Earth, before I was stolen away, I had saved so much money to be prepared for starting a family. Every once in a while, I would even buy cute little onesies or children's books. Of course, you don't show guys the completely furnished nursery next to your bedroom on the first date, but yeah, I really love babies. Unfortunately, I don't love giant lavender-colored aliens who are into abductions and blackmail. I'm... I'm barren. It's the only excuse I can find. Maybe he'll take pity on me and let me go. Instead, he stops the hover pod and the display showing the outside landscape turns completely dark. My nose tells me otherwise, and I really don't like being lied to. His nose? Does that mean he can smell my... No. No, 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 no. Evrain looks at me, clicking his tongue. I really wanted to do this the easy way, but something tells me that you're not going to be compliant. Yes? I stare at him, feeling saddened by the fact that he actually is quite handsome, in a very alien-with-horns kind of way. If he had asked me out a couple of days ago before he acquired the tavern and me with it, I probably would have said yes. He has a strong jaw and high cheekbones, lashes I would kill for, and thick black hair. His horns jut proudly from his forehead, just below the hairline, and his smile is nice. Or at least it's nice as long as I ignore the devilish gleam in his green eyes. Like most alien men, he wears combat pants and a tight tank top, showing off his ridiculously muscular arms. His chest is broad, the waist small, and one of his thighs is thicker than both of mine. He's as manly as it gets. Still, that doesn't make up for the fact that he abducted me and now expects a reward, and not a small one for that matter. Just let me go. I plead, my voice a mere whisper. I will not let you go. He unstraps himself and stands up. In fact, I will never let you go ever again. I shrink back in my seat when he leans in, his handsome face inches from mine. You see, dear Sky, when my kind mates, it's for life. His hot breath fans over my face, 
and for some reason my nipples harden. I really shouldn't be turned on by this, but what woman doesn't want to hear words like these? Of course, it would be better if the circumstances were different. Yet there's nothing I can do about that right now. He proceeds to press one hand on my belly, holding me down, while he releases the straps that bind me to the seat. Everin smells very good, which I should ignore. Definitely ignoring that part. I glance at the control panel and try to figure out which button might grant me freedom. Although I can't read all the signs and glyphs, I do know the one for door from inside the tavern. Will you be good and undress for me if I take my hand away? Evrain studies my face. I nod slowly. His smile deepens. I've been waiting too long for this. He takes a step back and motions for me to stand up. I pretend to be shaking even worse than I am while I slowly get up. As soon as both of my feet are touching the floor, I make a dash for it. Hitting the door button on the control panel, I fling around and run toward the exit. It's opening way too slowly, but with a little force, I manage to squeeze myself through the narrow gap. The door will buy me precious seconds because there's no way Everain will fit through before it's fully opened. We're outside of town, and I'm lost. I never take strolls in this hostile environment. It's dark since only the city is artificially illuminated. Everything outside the glass dome protecting the station is more than a little gloomy. I can see distant stars and planets, but there's barely any light. I can either run over the beaten dirt path leading back into the city or make my way through the alien forest to my right. My heart is frantically beating. Do wild animals live in these woods? Are smugglers, thieves, or rapists hiding in there? The plants could be poisonous. I hear footsteps and an angry growl behind me, which makes deciding easier. I need to hide. The forest it is. Before I even make it to the tree line, Evrain slams into me from behind, pushing me to the ground. I groan as I hit the dry and dusty dirt. Evrain's weight is holding me down as he grips my wrists and snarls into my ear. You asked for this. We could be in my bed by now, but you just had to provoke me, didn't you? Let go of me, I beg, but he only turns me around. I'm pinned between his strong thighs as he holds me down. There's anger in his eyes and something else. Desire, raw and unfiltered. It scares me how much he wants me. In this helpless position, it's even more obvious that this guy is made of solid muscle. He sits there huge and heavy, holding me down like I'm not fighting back, which I do, but I tire out too fast. He needs only one hand to restrain both my wrists, and I let out an involuntary scream when he grips the front of the tight dress I had to wear as a uniform in the tavern. Scream all you want, my human. There's no one around here to help you, and even if, one look at me, and they're gone. Evrain leans in and licks my neck from below my ear all the way down to my collarbone. The fabric of my dress is no match for his strength as he rips it off me. Please don't, I'll be good. 
He chuckles and runs his finger over the sensitive skin between my boobs. You already promised that once and broke your word. No, this has to happen now. With a lazy smile, he circles my hard nipples one after the other before he pinches the tips. Ouch! I protest and blush the next second because he cocks his eyebrow and looks at me. I offered to make you feel good. You ran away. This is what you get for being bad, Skye. You asked for this. He lowers his head again, this time closing his lips around my right nipple. I feel heat starting to bloom in my belly as he sucks. And he sucks hard. Hard enough to make me curl my toes and gasp for air. Here's what's going to happen, my little human toy. I'm going to fuck you into obedience, and then I'll take you home, where I'll fuck you some more, and more, and more, and more, until you give me what I want. An air. My voice sounds way too breathless. Yes. He rubs my belly. Preferably more than one. His mouth finds the other nipple, and this time he bites me. My scream echoes through the air, and Evrain chuckles. I knew you would be fun. Why me? I sniffle and stare into the dark sky behind the glass dome above me. Please stop. He ignores my pleas and parts my thighs with his strong hand. Because you're perfect. Even now, with your struggle, you make my dick so atze hard. His fingers touch the wetness between my thighs, and I just want to die. I shouldn't be turned on like this. Evrain's behavior is despicable. He dips his finger between the wet, silky folds before he lifts it to his mouth and tastes me. Sweet. He licks his bottom lip, drawing my gaze to his mouth. I feel terribly hot, and my throat is parched. No, this is wrong. So wrong. I whimper as he pushes my thighs further apart. He studies me and his thick fingers find my opening. I'm not a virgin, but it's been so long that I might as well be. He pushes two of his digits in, and I can't believe how full I already feel. Is there any chance that his dick is smaller than this? Nope. Evrain lets go of me to open his pants, and his cock is every inch as big and thick as I thought it would be. I'm frozen with fear. And don't move a muscle, although I'm free, only caged by his strong thighs. Please don't hurt me. I look up at him, a single tear hanging from one of my lashes, and I blink it away. Show me that you can be good. Evrain cocks his head and uses his finger to touch my chin. I wonder what he wants. A handjob? A blowjob? My jaw hurts just looking at this baseball bat disguised as a dick. A pretty lavender-colored dick, but still. He grips my chin. Kiss me, Skye. I know humans do this, but I've never experienced it firsthand. It seems much more intimate than plain fucking. You've never been kissed? I can't believe it. Also, it's a weird way of looking at it, but I am not going to start a fight with him now. Nope. But with you, I want to try. 
I lift my face as he comes closer, and for a second, I worry about his horns, since I don't want to lose an eye. But I instinctively know that Evrain will be careful. He presses his lips on mine and seems to marvel at the feeling. I hesitate. A part of me wants me to give in, to open my mouth for him. But he's my abductor, and I'm pinned in the dirt underneath him. Not exactly a romantic first date. For what it's worth, I don't have to make that decision, because Evrain simply takes what he wants. Soon, pressing his mouth on mine isn't enough, and his tongue slips between my lips. For someone who's never done this before, he's pretty good at it. He sucks at the tip of my tongue, explores my mouth, and takes my breath away, all while his fingers are inside of me. He moves them slowly like he knows that it's been a long time for me. I'm done for when he deepens the kiss, marking my mouth, and puts his thumb on my clit. It feels like only three strokes before I come undone. He circles the swollen nub and drinks the scream from my lips as I clench around his fingers. Holy shit, that was one intense orgasm. Evrain looks way too smug when he breaks the kiss and pulls his digits out. I feel very empty and bite my lip as I eye his thick cock. It's every bit as hard as it was before. Can we talk about this? His expression darkens. No. The alien positions himself between my legs, guiding his cock to my entrance. The breath catches in my throat as he pushes in. He growls lowly, his green eyes flashing. Pure Atze perfection. I can feel exactly how wet I am, especially after that amazing orgasm, and it's humiliating. He grabs my face and makes me look at him. You belong to me now. You're mine. I moan as he fills me to the brink. No, don't make me angry, little human. He emphasizes his threat with a hard thrust that makes me whimper with lust. I feel so full, but in a good way. His cock hits all the right spots with every motion of his hips. He kisses me again as he fucks me with vicious strokes. My lips feel swollen when he ends the kiss, pushing his hand under my ass, tilting my pelvis so he can enter me even deeper. He smiles. I want you to come on my dick, Sky. Come for me and show me how much you love being my plaything. I want to tell him that he's wrong, but my clenching pussy tells the truth. He changes the angle slightly, and I close my eyes so I don't have to see his cocky grin as I come for the second time. Everine kisses the side of my neck, scrapes the skin with his teeth, and I explode under him. I know I shouldn't, but the fact that it's so wrong somehow makes it even better. I would die before ever admitting this. His thick shaft twitches inside me, and I can feel him filling me with his sperm, just like he said he would. He brushes my hair behind my ear as I open my eyes again. As he gets up and his dick slides out of me, he lifts me up and walks with me in his arms back to his hover pod. Four. Evrain carries me back in and closes the door behind us. 
He's surprisingly gentle as he sits me back down in the passenger's seat. As he wraps a blanket around my shoulders, I realize that I almost fell asleep. I'm exhausted. First, the long shift in the tavern, the hostile takeover there, and then being abducted. I feel a bone-deep tiredness. My captor sits down and starts the engine. We're lifting off, back on our way to wherever he wants to take me, and my concerns don't matter in the slightest. With a sigh, I close my eyes, resting my head against the seat. You're rich. You could have any female. Why me? I already told you. I'm far from perfect, and you couldn't have known without even talking to me. He snorts. Talking? Just smelling you was enough to drive me insane. Every night, I had to restrain myself from simply grabbing and fucking you on the next table. So that's all this is about? Sex? You were just waiting for the circumstances to get worse so you could pretend to be my savior? Am I supposed to be happy that you took me? Maybe not now. We will get there eventually. You know what your fate was. Taverns like the one you worked in change owners quite quickly. Morgue made it this long because I allowed it. You needed time to get familiar with all kinds of aliens. I paid him handsomely to not whore you out. His gambling problem made sure he would get into debt anyway. I have a hard time swallowing. You did what? My world comes crashing down. All this time I thought my former boss was a decent being, and now I learn that that couldn't be further from the truth. You heard me. I paid for you and the dragon female so you wouldn't notice that she had to whore herself out, but you didn't. Everyone here knows you belong to me, or you would have been groped and raped and probably beaten up a lot more often. After that, I keep my mouth shut. I have a lot of questions, but I don't want to hear the answers. I only open my eyes when Evrain kills the engine, and I hear him standing up. He wants to lift me into his arms again, but I gather all of my courage and slap his hand away. I'm angry after finding out that those two years were a complete lie. I thought I was safe, but apparently the timing to abduct me simply wasn't right yet. I can walk by myself. Evrain narrows his eyes at me, but to my surprise, he doesn't try to force his will upon me. He just turns around and stalks toward the exit. There's nowhere to run and nowhere to hide, especially not with my cum dripping out of you. You're wearing my scent now, allowing me to find you anywhere. I bite my tongue to keep from cursing and follow him, after I make sure that the blanket is securely wrapped around me. Since I don't know what to expect, I'm rendered speechless as I step out of the hover pod. I'm clearly still on the space station, but I'm standing in a luscious garden with a fountain in the middle. Everything is nicely illuminated. I see strange flowers and trees, gorgeous sculptures and installations, and a house that looks like the alien version of a French chateau. Only now do I realize that Evrain is watching me. Hope you like it, since you're not going to leave ever again. Is he joking? I could spend the rest of my life just in this garden. I take a few steps and notice the grass under my bare feet. 
I must have lost my shoes when he chased me and threw me to the ground, but I couldn't care less. Walking around, I extend my hand to touch a giant red blossom before I stop myself. Is anything here poisonous? No, neither to me nor you. I made sure of that. The flutter in my belly is back, but I ignore it. I can't give in. No matter how nice his estate is. I feel his curious gaze on me as I walk toward the fountain. The material looks exquisite. A mix of luxurious marble and smooth metal. Dipping my fingers into the cold water, I can't believe how pretty all of this is compared to the dirty tavern and the crowded main street. To my right, a marvelous sculpture depicting a fierce warrior or gladiator catches my eyes. A bit behind that, I can see a delicate structure made from wires and crystals. The artificial light, illuminating the scene, makes the crystals glow like I'm standing in real sunlight, reminding me of the botanical gardens back on Earth. You like art? Evrain slowly nods. I collect beautiful things. If I see it and like it, I need to have it. He doesn't look at the statue or any other art piece. His gaze is on me. I swallow and turn to the house. It's more of a mansion, really. Evrain passes me to hold open the door for me. How polite for a fucking abductor. The interior is just as opulent as I expected it to be. More art, more luxurious materials for the floors and walls. I admire the paintings, chandeliers, sculptures, and trinkets as I make my way through the entrance hall. We pass a giant library with the prettiest books I have ever seen. Yet, I'm still clearly in space, because holograms are flickering next to the books, displaying tidbits from the lives of the authors. My captor guides me up a huge set of stairs, and I have no choice but to follow him down a long corridor. He made it perfectly clear that I have nowhere to go. What am I supposed to do? I can't even drive or fly or whatever it is you do with the hover pod, and I don't think I'd be capable of hiding from Evrain in his own house, especially not if he tells the truth about being able to smell me. At the end of the hall, he opens a door to reveal his bedroom. Of course, what else did I expect? But as I pass the door next to his room, I stop in my tracks. I only got a glimpse of what's behind the slightly ajar door, yet this can't be right. My eyes are playing tricks on me. Evrain doesn't try to stop me as I push the door open. It's a nursery, fully furnished with earth things. A plush bunny with long ears, a wooden crib and a crochet blanket, children's books and those wooden letter cubes. A mobile is hanging over the crib. The walls are decorated with colorful pictures of animals. Animals from Earth, cutely drawn with big, shiny eyes. There's a rocking chair for nursing, a gorgeous patchwork blanket draped over the backrest. I'm speechless, completely and utterly speechless. This is to your satisfaction, yes? 
Evrain comes to me and puts his hands on my shoulders. It's not meant to be invasive this time, though. He's just checking in with me. My throat is tight, and I have to clear it before I can speak. It's... perfect. Oh, the irony. Here I am, the perfect human incubator, standing inside the perfect human nursery. How did you get all this stuff? I thought humans aren't of interest to other aliens. They aren't. But as I said, I am a collector of pretty things. And as soon as I knew that you were mine, I started researching your nesting customs. Wow. This guy really can't go more than three sentences without shoving into my face that he wants children with me. I try to imagine one of my ex-boyfriends saying stuff like that. My ovaries would have exploded. Then it dawns on me. It must have taken a long time to understand humans and what we do, let alone acquiring all those pieces. Being loaded makes it easier, but it took me a while. The last piece arrived today. He walks around me and moves the door toward the frame so that I can see the stroller standing behind there. You apparently need this since your arms are too weak to carry an infant over long distances. I suppose he means well, but this guy really drives me up the wall. On the other hand, I can't ignore the trouble he went through. He apparently decided I was to be his mate and started to learn everything there is to know about humans. While he hunted down everything needed for a nursery, he watched over me every night in the tavern, making sure no one even touched me. That's as cute as it is worrying, I think. I'm not sure, though. Being abducted and made to come twice obviously did something to my brain. Today? And then what? You decided that you were done waiting? That it was time to come and get me? Yes. Somehow it makes it even worse that he doesn't at least try to deny it. Still, the flutter in my belly gets harder to ignore with every passing second. The work he has put in is astonishing. I walk over to the crib and touch the blanket. This is what I always wanted. A perverted, twisted version of it, sure. But this right here? I do have a man at hand who wants to start a family. He's attractive and rich, has his own business, and obviously adores me. If I phrase it like that, it actually sounds kind of nice. I turn around to him. So how would this work? He looks down at his crotch and frowns. You know how the mechanics work. I'm not talking about the mechanics. I mean, everyday life. You want me to give you kids, but what about me? I'm not sleeping in some cage or crate just to be let out when you want to fuck me. Evrain looks visibly confused. While I have to admit that the idea of you in a cage turns me on, I'm quite sure that our customs align. You will be my mate, or wife, as humans say. I want you by my side. And in my bed, of course. What if you don't like having a family? Why would I not like that? I sigh. Look, buddy, back on Earth, I had a lot of girlfriends who chose shitty partners to have babies with, and they ended up alone with the baby while the guy moved on to the next woman. I hear his snarl before I see his pissed face. 
He grabs my chin and makes me look into his eyes, our faces not even an inch apart. I am not a shitty partner. That's not what I said. I just... He grits his teeth. Enough. But there's no stopping myself. What if I can't get pregnant from you? What if we're not compatible? Are you going to throw me out then? Will I have to eventually whore myself out this way or the other? His low growl makes the hair on my neck stand. You will be pregnant, rather sooner than later. You will not leave me, ever. I won't allow it. But this time he grabs my waist and flings me over his shoulder. Enough! I don't dare say a word as he carries me out of the nursery and into his bedroom. Or our bedroom, I suppose. Evrain makes perfectly clear how strong he is when he flings me onto the bed like I weigh nothing. The sheets feel silky and smooth, very expensive and luxurious, especially after my time in the tavern where I slept on a thin mattress on the floor. Spread your pretty thighs for me, human. The cold and harsh tone in his voice scares me enough to obey him. The outline of his cock is clearly visible in his pants as I open my legs. All of this is mine. Evrain smiles and it takes my breath away. You're mine. Say it. A thousand things go through my mind, from stupid jokes to angry retorts. Yet, I can't bring myself to defy him. Not anymore. Not after he told how he paid to have me protected. Not after he made it clear that he checked the garden for things that could be dangerous to me. Not after I've seen the nursery. I simply nod, because I'm not quite convinced that this is going to work. I'm still wary that he will just use me before throwing me out like a piece of trash. He presses his lips together until they're just a thin line. Anger flashes in his eyes. You don't want to say it? I can't, I whisper. You will, soon. But it seems that until then I need to find a better use for your mouth. Get on your knees. My heart almost leaps out of my chest as he opens his pants, unleashing his thick cock. The tip is slightly darker than the lavender-colored shaft. For the first time, I can really take him in. It's scary how big it is. But the wetness between my legs makes me remember how good it felt inside of me. Evrain fists his hard cock and puts his other hand on the back of my head, guiding me to where he wants me. His grip is gentle but firm. This is going to happen, no matter how much I protest. Although, to be honest, protesting is the last thing on my mind as I open my mouth. Kneeling on the bed, I'm in the optimal position to suck his dick. My captor pushes his cock deep, making me gag. I look up at him, pleading with my eyes. Evrain's face doesn't show any signs of regret. Instead, his smile becomes vicious. Use your tongue. You still think that I just want you for breeding purposes, but that's not true. I want everything. To prove his point, he thrusts his hips forward, entering my throat. He moans at the feeling of me clawing at his strong thighs. That's it, my sweet human. 
I own you, just like you own me. Lapping at his shaft as soon as he lets go of me so I can breathe, I look up at him. I own you? Of course, he scoffs, and I can't resist. Wrapping my hand around his thickness, I let my tongue swirl over the tip. Tell me more, I demand. You had my heart in your delicate little hand the second I saw you. There was no going back. The words drip like sweet honey from his lips. I pump his cock in my fist. My fingers aren't even touching. Evrain's breath comes faster now, and I can see him struggling with his self-control. His balls are drawing tight to his body, but he pulls back before he comes. No. His voice is coarse. I need to be in you. I lay down on my back and spread my thighs. He already had me, so what's the point in drawing this out? He moves very quickly and elegantly for someone his size, and I flinch when I feel his hand on my boobs. My self-proclaimed mate traces circles around my tits. I would never hurt you like this, Skye. Don't fear me. I don't fear you. It's the truth, as stupid as it is. It doesn't take long for me to start squirming. Evrain seems to touch every inch of my skin, but not my nipples and my pussy. I feel hot and needy. I suppose I could say something, but I'm not ready to beg just yet. His fingers wander down slowly. He ever so lightly grazes my belly and my thighs, moving closer and closer toward my center. I shiver as he rubs over my pussy lips before parting them and pushing two fingers inside me. He slides them in and out, in and out, in and out until I'm losing my mind. I'm already thinking about begging him for another orgasm when he murmurs, Let's get you ready to conceive. Without any warning, his tongue is on my clit, only to tease me. He uses just the tip to torment me with soft, fluttering touches. My hands are shaking as I gather all my courage and grab his horns. They're sturdy under my hands and a lot smoother than I expected. I use them to press Evrain's face against me, and it feels incredibly dirty. And very, very good. His laughter tickles me, but the man can take a hint and starts licking me with broad strokes before he sucks on the tiny nub. At the same time, he puts his hands on my boobs, kneading and caressing them. I come within a couple of heartbeats, and I come hard. Panting and wheezing, I blink, trying to think straight. I wait for Evrain to put his dick in me, but that doesn't happen. Lifting my torso, I look at him, just standing at the foot of the bed, rubbing his cock. I know what he wants. That smug bastard really makes me say it. Fuck me, I plead. He cocks his eyebrow. That all? I'm yours. Please, please fuck me. His smile takes my breath away. I need him inside me, and my pulse skyrockets when he comes to me. I feel his hands on my thighs, 
his thick cock head at my opening, lifting my pelvis and make it easier for him to enter me. For a moment he stops and just looks down at me with his gorgeous eyes. You're mine. He lowers his head and kisses me, and he isn't gentle about it. He forces his tongue into my mouth, making me taste myself and establishing his ownership. I don't mind, since his cock feels way too good inside of me. I might get addicted to this alien. My alien. Evrain pulls back and pushes in again. His thrusts are hard and fast. He holds himself up with one hand, using the other to torture me in the most delicious way. He rubs my clit and pinches my nipples, squeezes my butt, and lightly slaps my boobs. I'm flying higher and higher. Every stroke lights up fireworks. Pushing against him, he slides even deeper, making me see stars explode before my eyes. He groans as he thrusts harder, fucking me like no one ever did before him. I wrap my legs around his hips, pulling him toward me. I want to feel every inch of him. By the time I reach my peak, I'm clawing at his strong shoulders, moaning his name. I'm filled with dick, lust, and maybe even love. In his arms, I feel safe for the first time in forever. Mine, he growls as he shoots his cum into my pussy. I tremble one last time as he collapses above me. Five. Later. How about a fifth one? Evrain puts his hand on my forearm and squeezes it gently. I look up from the tablet. A fifth loan for the Kun tribe? That's a little excessive, don't you think? I mean, the last one was already quite the commitment, and I'm not convinced they're going to pay on time. My mate frowns. You work too much, my pretty human. Maybe it wasn't so smart to let you take over the loan business. I was talking about a fifth child. What? No. I'm happy that they're finally all sleeping. My ears are still ringing from Lilani's crying. Today, our youngest daughter discovered the tiny bumps on her forehead where the horns are starting to grow. She's a bit of a late bloomer, and since her siblings got their horns way earlier, she was convinced she wouldn't grow them, and now she's devastated that she's normal. Well, as normal as she can be considering her parents. Then why are you teasing me? You're doing it again. Every time you want another child, you get incredibly horny. He nods toward my hand and I look down. He's right. I must have grabbed my left boob without even noticing, and even now I can't stop kneading it. The nipple is hard and clearly visible under my loose tunic. I bite my lip. Our family is so awesome, and the thought of another baby... Clicking my tongue, I force myself to take my hand off my boob. I don't know. We might need a nanny, and I'm aware that you don't like having people here. Kiana is very good with children. Evrain flashes me a cocky smile. And I'm able to endure her presence? I bet she's willing to move into one of the groundskeeper's houses. I lean back, crossing my arms. You already asked her, didn't you? 
She moved in yesterday. But I made perfectly clear that we're not to be disturbed until I've bred you once more. Starting tomorrow morning, she will help out with the kids, especially the two older ones. Kiana is fierce and a good role model for the girls. That's true, but I don't know how I feel about you making all those decisions without me. Especially the one about tomorrow morning. You're very confident about your plan to get me pregnant tonight. Don't worry about that. I've proven myself before, haven't I? You sure did. Still, you're one arrogant SOB. He winks at me. Undress, and I will make it up to you. I try very hard not to smile, because he doesn't deserve praise for his mischief. But I can't help myself. He's always looking out for me. Evrain walks to the door to make sure it's locked. As he turns back around, I'm already naked, the dress and my panties pooling around my feet. He smiles, his eyes raking over my body. It isn't long before he has to adjust his hard cock in his pants. You look good enough to eat. On the table, my precious human. My heart beats faster and my throat is tight. It's been so many good years, and I still get excited when he expresses his desire like this. I push the tablet and the glasses to the far end of the table. The smooth surface is cold under my butt as I sit down, slowly spreading my thighs. Evrain already licks his lips and rubs his cock through the fabric of his pants. The sight of his arousal turns me on even more. Like a predator, he stalks closer, and the less space there is between us, the wider I spread my legs for him. I lean back, supporting my weight with my elbows, waiting for what my mate is up to. Evrain sinks to his knees and runs his hands up and down my thighs. He avoids my pussy, making me whimper with need. Looking at my pussy, he digs his fingers into my thighs. Spread yourself for me, Sky. Show me how much you want it. My hands tremble under his intense gaze as I do as he ordered. It's tricky to get a grip since the wetness doesn't help. All mine. Evrain growls and leans in. He slips two fingers into my opening while pressing his mouth on me. I sigh happily as he starts sucking on my clit. It still fascinates me to look down while he is doing it, because he always gazes at me. I've gotten used to the horns, but not his intense green eyes. They still take my breath away. I can see his hunger, his desire, and his love for me. He wasn't joking when he declared himself to be my mate for life. His fingers rub the magic spot inside of me, and his tongue dances over my clit. As he sucks harder, I know it won't be long before I explode. Evrain uses his lips to clamp down on the tiny bundles of nerves and teases me with the tip of his tongue. As soon as he adds another finger, stretching me, I feel the orgasm building. My mate can read me very well and sucks a little harder, thrusts his digits a little deeper, and I fly into that release. Lust runs through my veins and I try to keep my moaning down. He stands up, licking his lips and smiling at me. 
I can tell he's proud of his ability to make me come that fast. Although a good part of that is pure selfishness. He told me more than once that he loves to be inside me and just wants to make sure that I'm ready for his thick cock. He enters me with a swift motion of his hips, filling me to the brim with his perfect cock. His fingers dig into my waist as he pulls me close to pound away. You're my everything, Sky, And you're my everything. I want you to come on my cock before I fill you with my seed. Will you do that for me, my perfect human? I can already feel my toes curling. Always, my mate. Always. This has been Her Alien Collector by Aurora Kane and Nova Edwins. Read for you by Molly Stark. Taken by Sky Warren. A breathless, dangerous romance between an ex-military man who believes he has no honor left and a reclusive author on a mission to save her sister. This is the complete Diamond Trilogy in one collection. Kidnapped, stolen, taken. I'm thrown into a cell in a French prison, but I'm not alone. There's someone in here with me. Someone more dangerous than the men who brought me in here. That's Taken by Sky Warren. It's live today. Go grab it now. You guys are going to love this one. Welcome back. Welcome back. So, I'm not going to repeat myself. You guys know what the deal is. <laughs> Go check out the show notes. Check out our social media. Sign up for the newsletter. Follow us everywhere. Subscribe or follow, whatever that button up there says to do. Up next week, we've got Matilda Martell. She's brought Blindsided with us, and she has been so sweet. Like, she's been amazing, like, super excited, turning in her stuff early. Like, here you go. Here's this, this, this. Like, had everything together. And she's really excited to be on the podcast. We're so excited to have her. Um, thank you so much to Aurora Kane for being with us this week and letting our listeners discover you and aliens and cupcakes will just be on my tombstone because <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess we'll see you guys next week. Tell them what to do. Fuck your day up. Make today your bitch. Don't be a dick. Bye, guys. Bye. Read me romance. Read, read me romance. Read me romance. Read, read me romance. You could take a look in a book that's fine. Or you could sit back, relax, and unwind and read me romance. Read, read me romance.